Hey, church family, it's about that time. It's already November, which means Christmas is coming up. And if you're like me, a lot of us are not really prepared. But you know, it always seems to be the same thing every single year. So this year, I want to invite you to come experience Christmas differently this year. On Sunday night, December the 11th, at 6 o'clock in the sanctuary, we will be presenting a brand new original Christmas program, Come to Bethlehem. It's an invitation for anyone and everyone to come to the manger. We will meet at 6 o'clock Sunday, December the 11th, and afterwards we will have Christmas cookies and hot chocolate for anyone and everyone who is willing to come. We hope to see you there. Thanks. Hey, church family. Well, good morning to you. It's good to see you. Hope that you're doing all right this morning. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Anybody here eat too much and willing to admit it? Thank you so much. I'll be preaching on gluttony today. Uh, just want to go ahead and give you that heads up. Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to you. But it is good to see you. Thank you for coming and braving the nasty weather outside in order to be here this morning and worshiping with us. Uh, we're glad that you're here. Please be in prayer for all of our church family that's traveling. Uh, we had uh, a lot of folks who uh, either had family coming in or were going to family, and so there's a lot of folks that are uh, still on the roads. Be in prayer for them. Got a lot of sickness, um, a lot of head colds and flu and all the good stuff that goes with this time of the year that's uh, making its way through different families in our church. So be in prayer for those families as well. Uh, I hope you picked up a bulletin on the way in. All the announcements there are very important. So please make sure you read through that today uh, so that you are aware of everything going on. Uh, a lot of what's in the bulletin today uh, pertains to the fact that we have a business conference next Sunday at the end of service. We do that the first Sunday of um, uh, each year. That's when we talk about our budget, we talk about uh, our new deacons and things like that. So please make sure you read all of, through uh, your, your uh, bulletin. All the recommendations are in there. Plus there's a copy of the proposed budget so that you'll have a chance to look through that. Uh, feel free to ask questions if you have questions about anything that's in there that's going to be discussed and or voted on next week. Again, thank you for being here today. We're going to take just a moment to uh, pray together, uh, and then we'll move right in on into our service time. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, how good it is to be in this house of worship on this Lord's Day. We thank you for this wonderful week and the holiday that we've just come through, this time of thanksgiving, a, a time to pause and to count our blessings, to be able to look back over the past year and see your hand as you have protected us, as you have provided for us, as you have uh, done those things for us which we could never have done for ourselves. You've carried us through hard times. You've brought us to mountaintops where we have rejoiced with great uh, victory. But Lord, you've also walked with us through the valleys where our heart was broken. Lord, we thank you for all that you are to us and for all that you've done for us. You are the God of heaven, and you are the God worthy of all worship. And today we come into your presence, and we come to declare with a grateful heart our love and adoration to you. 
We pray, O oh God, that our hearts will be turned toward you today, that as we sing together, as we pray together, as we fellowship together, as we study your word together, that our hearts will be focused upon you. And that, Lord, as you speak to us, our hearts will glorify you for who you are. Be with us in our time of worship today as our humble prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Just want to um, elaborate on, on the announcement you saw earlier from Brandon. Uh, we want to be sure that you know to be here on the evening of December the 11th for our production of Come to Bethlehem. And if you are coming, we hope that you plan to stay afterwards for our time of Christmas fellowship where you can bring your favorite Christmas cookies or Christmas dessert and bring it in to share, and the church will provide the hot chocolate and beverages, and it's just going to be a, a great time of, of getting into the spirit. also want to remind you about the uh, Advent devotionals that we have out in the vestibule for everyone. There are two black baskets. One is by the door as you're going out. You'll see it on the right. And then there's another basket on one of the end tables as you go out to your left. And they are free, and it's just a, a great way to help you as you go through the season. Well, now let's stand and sing about the one that we are celebrating. God, you threw the whole world a curveball when you showed us a kind of hope we'd never thought to look for. Born of poverty, between the walls of a rickety barn, 
and into the fragile arms of a nervous young mom. Jesus arrived unable to defend himself, much less anyone else. We'd been hoping for security, and you gave us a baby. And then the expectations kept being shattered. Jesus healed those who could do nothing for him. He handed out hope to people the world turned away. Jesus showed us a new way of life, a life that works from the inside out. Hope lives with us, then inside us, and moves from our hearts into the world. Jesus gave us hope beyond this life, hope no one else has to give, hope that shows up in a manger as a gift we don't deserve, but we gratefully receive. We call him Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. morning. My most significant partner is sick today. Tommy's already talked about her. She's got a cold real bad and it came yesterday, so I'm doing this solo. Okay. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, and the, the, I guess the subject or topic would be hope. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, and we ask, why Advent? Why is it important, and why should we celebrate it? Advent is a season of expectancy. A time to reflect on God's promises to us and to eagerly anticipate and remember the coming of Christ's child. God's greatest gift of hope, peace, joy, and love. In answer to the question, why Advent? Today we say, because Advent gives us and encourages hope. Hope that we never thought to look for. Hope that shattered all expectations. Hope that has extended to those the world has turned away. Jesus gave us hope beyond this life, hope that showed up in a manger. As we light this first candle, let us remember that through the Holy Spirit, the hope of Jesus lives inside us, then moves beyond us and into the world. I'll light this candle and then we'll say a prayer. If we can, we'll pray. Thank you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the hope that came in the form of a baby. Today we have hope because of the great gift of your son. May your light bring hope to the world that is often lost and dark. Help us to share your hope in all that we say and do. We thank you for the gift of Advent. Amen. Thank you.
pray. Lord, thank you for today you've given us, Lord. Let us uh, just thank you, Lord, for letting us be here today to praise your name and learn about you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless the tithes and offerings that's come in, Lord, and just bless them as only you can, Lord, and use them in the building of your kingdom. Lord, be with Tommy as he brings your word today, God, and Lord, be with us. Lord, prepare our hearts for the message, and Lord, help us to apply it to our lives. In Christ's name, amen. I'll have to confess, that's the first time I heard that song. And I like it because it goes along so well with um, our subject matter for today. Uh, I want to invite you to join me in the book of Colossians, chapter number 1. Colossians, chapter number 1. And while you're turning there and finding your place in Colossians 1... I want to say thank you to uh, two groups of people in our church. First of all, to all of our um, kitchen group, our kitchen staff, uh, that did such an amazing job last Sunday taking care of us in our Thanksgiving meal. They served us and did an amazing job. I want to say thank you to them. And I want to say thank you to all of those who are part of our decorating group. You guys did an amazing job. Everything looks great. Uh, in the auditorium this morning and out in the foyer as well. So thank you. Uh, I know that um, we sometimes take these groups for granted, but we have to understand that without them, we would not be able to enjoy the things that we are able to enjoy. So we thank them for their servant's heart and their time and their energy uh, that they have um, put forth for us and for our benefit. Colossians chapter 1, we're going to just read two verses today, verse 13 and verse 14, as we continue to look at our series together entitled, The Real Jesus. Here's what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse number 13, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son and whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to be in this house of worship. Again, Lord, today we want to lift up all of those of our church family, our friends, our neighbors that are not feeling well. We know that sickness has uh, invaded so many different families. And Lord, we pray for them today. We pray for healing and for health. And Lord, today as we go forward in our time together in this service, we pray that you open our hearts and our minds, Lord, to receive the truth that you have for us. And today, Lord Jesus, we just want to brag on you. We just want to exalt your name. We want to declare your glory. We want to uh, proclaim to the top of our lungs your goodness toward us. So I pray, Lord, that as we go through our time together, that we as those who are in this house of worship today will examine our hearts. And, and Lord, that we will walk out of here without a shadow of a doubt in our heart and mind that we know the real Jesus, not just the Jesus that's presented to us by the world around us. Help us to hear your voice today, Lord, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Throughout Scripture... The Messiah is known by many names. Uh, he has been called the Lamb of God, the Christ, 
the Lion of Judah, the Root of David, the Son of God, the Light of the World, the Lord of Glory, the Morning Star, the Prince of Heaven, and so many more names that we can go on and on as we find that the Messiah has been spoken of, prophesied concerning in, in, in all of the Old Testament books, and then, of course, proclaimed as being the, the, the arrival of the Messiah in the New Testament books that we read together. There's so many names that are given to him. But today, for our time together, I want us to focus on three of the names that is given to the Messiah uh, that we know to be the Lord Jesus Christ. And that all three of these names are either given to us or they are implied for us in just these two verses. And as we enter this season of Advent and as we prepare our hearts now for uh, the celebration of Christmas, which is the coming of, the, of our Messiah and our Savior, I think it would do us well to remember why He came. What was His mission? Why was it that Jesus came to earth? What was it He wanted to accomplish? What was the mission given to Him by God to Father? Now, what we've got to remember in the book of Colossians, <clears throat> excuse me, is that Paul is refuting the heresy that's circulating through this city and, and, and is trying and seeking to rob Jesus of his divinity and his deity. There, this heresy that's going around in, in the city of Colossae is the same heresy that goes around us today that tries to bring Jesus down to our level, to the, to le, to the level of man. Not just in that he is uh, living and breathing and has flesh upon his bones, but bring him down in the, in the terms of, of his attitude and his character we know that Jesus was so much more than what we bring him down to be. But I believe these three specific names point to the mission that Jesus came to accomplish while he's on earth. So here's what I want to do in a few minutes we have left together this morning. Let's look at three of these names and understand even more why Christmas is such a significant time in the life of every believer. The first thing I want us to notice is in verse number 13, where the Bible says, He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. So the very first thing we notice as far as His mission is concerned is that He came to deliver us from darkness. It's interesting that when we come to the season of Advent, we light a candle, we we light a candle that produces light in the room that we're in. There's a reason for that because Jesus is the light of the world. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, we find that darkness was always used to describe anything that was anti-God. 
We see that darkness describes sin. It describes being lost in our sin. It describes the uh, the place we call hell, where there's a separation from God. It's called the outer darkness. We we know that darkness has a significant meaning in Scripture. So when it tells us that He rescued us from the domain of darkness, is speaking to something. That is significant. Of course, we know that Satan is the ruler over darkness. He is the one who rules over that that domain and that dominion. The Bible says plainly that God is light. In fact, if you listen to the words of 1 John chapter 1, it says, This is the message we have heard from him, and we announce to you that God is light. And in him, get this, There is no darkness at all. There is no sin, no evil. He is pure. He is holy. He is righteous in every way. We have the contrast of darkness and light. Darkness being the domain of evil, the domain of sin, the domain of anything that is anti-God, the darkness that seeks to hide us and to draw us into its trap. And then we have the light that is the God, the creator of the world, the one who said, let there be and there was, the one who gives us hope, the one who gives us life, the one who gives us life. We have the the two domains that are at odds with one another. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, we see this stark contrast between the evil of the darkness and the righteousness of the light. And the truth of the matter is, is that every person that's in this room right now, every person that is a a resident of, of Locust, North Carolina, every person that's walking this planet is found either under the domain of darkness or the domain of light. I want us to understand this. There are no gray areas. There is only light and dark. There are... You say, well, there's shades of light and there's shades of dark. Still, there's light and there's dark. Darkness, by its very definition, is the absence of light. And anything that is in darkness is against God, at enmity with God, is is fighting against God, pushing against God, that wants nothing to do with Him, that does not want the light at all. And every person is found under one of these domains. This morning you are either living under the domain of darkness or you're living under the domain of light. There is no gray area. You can't say I'm kind of sort of one and I'm kind of sort of the other. Well, no, there is no kind of sort of. There is only light and there's dark. The truth of the matter is, according to the Word of God... Each of us was born into the domain of darkness. In other words, darkness is our default setting. That's where we begin is in darkness. We begin in that place because we are broken and we are sinful and we are rebellious at our very core. We are born, birthed into the darkness. 
because of the fallen race of Adam. Here's what I want you to, to understand, that, that you being in darkness when you were born was not a choice that you made. However, it is now who you are. You are born in darkness. Have you, have you noticed that we don't have to teach our children how to do bad things? Have you noticed you, haven't had, you don't have to teach your children how to lie? You don't have to teach your children how to, how to say hurtful things to people. You don't have to teach your children how to take something that isn't theirs. You don't have to teach your child how to be selfish. It's at the very core of who we are as human beings. We're born into that darkness. Now praise God for His, for His grace and His mercy that shines upon our children and that they are protected under, under His grace because they have not reached that age of accountability. But all of us, once we grow to that time and that place in our life, well now we understand what right is and what wrong is, what good is and what evil is now we are accountable for which domain we live under and so many times we we uh, fail to remember we are born into and that the domain of darkness is our default setting under the domain of darkness we are separated from God who is light remember darkness is the absence of light and when we are living in the domain of darkness, we may know about the light. We may sing about the light. We can talk about the light. But when we are living in the, under the domain of darkness, we are separated from the light. Folks, that's why lost people act lost. People who live in darkness act like people who live in darkness. So it's easy for us sometimes to think, how could they do such a hideous thing? How could they do such an evil thing? How could they perform such a, a, a wretched act? Because darkness is where they dwell. And lost people living in darkness act like lost people Living in darkness. Listen to what the, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 2. These men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. They take pleasure in doing wrong and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. Did you hear how the psalmist, or excuse me, the, the writer of Proverbs, he equates the, the dark path with wrong and evil ways, because lost people act lost. People in darkness act like people living in darkness. Proverbs chapter 4 says it this way, The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they may stumble. John chapter 3 verse 19 tells us that this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world but men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. I want you to see the contrast of these two domains, light and dark. Paul points out in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 that Jesus came to deliver us from the domain that is darkness. 
He came to do something for us that we could not do for ourselves. We can't find our way out of the darkness. We stumble and we grope and, and we reach for that which we know not. We, we, we are doing the best we can, but we can't get out of the darkness. Jesus came to deliver us from the darkness. I want you to understand you don't have to live in the darkness. You don't have to die in the darkness. You don't have to let darkness rule over your life. Why? Because the light has come. Jesus, who is the light of the world, has come to deliver you from the domain of darkness. He's come to bring hope where there is no hope and help where there is no help. He came to bring life where there's death and He came to bring light where darkness rules. He invades our darkness. He bridges our separation from God and He invites you to come he invites you to come our only hope and our only escape from the darkness of our sin and the darkness of our rebellion against God our only hope is Jesus thank God he came to deliver us from the darkness aren't you glad aren't you glad you don't have to live like that any longer. And listen, if you're living like that right now, let me tell you, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live separated from God. You don't have to live in the darkness of guilt and shame of your sin and in your brokenness. You don't have to live like that because the light has come. Jesus has come to deliver you from the domain of darkness. There's another part of his mission that's mentioned in verse 13. He not only came to deliver us from the domain of darkness, but he came to transfer us into the kingdom of light. He came to to accept us into his kingdom. Now, in present-day American culture, let's just be honest, being part of a kingdom seems foreign to us. We do not have a king that we serve we're under a different type of government but to be part of a kingdom means that you must live under the rule of a king if you're in a kingdom there has to be a king no king no kingdom well here's the truth if you are living in under the domain of darkness you are living serving the king of that darkness. But if you are living in the light, if you have been delivered by Christ into the light, you are living under the domain of the king of light. To be a part of a kingdom means you must live under the rule of that king. And whether we realize it or not, all of us that are in this room, all of us that are on this planet, we serve a king. It may not be politically, but all of us serve a king spiritually. You have a king. You get to determine who that king is. You see, if you live in the domain of darkness, you have, you have the choice of whether to remain under the rule and reign of that king. You don't have to live under his tyranny. 
To be delivered into the light means that now we live under the king of the light and that Jesus is our master. But to to live in darkness means that we live under the king of darkness and Satan is our master. Sin is our master. Rebellion is our master. That's why it, it, it comes so naturally for us because we are born into that kingdom. But we are born into that kingdom as slaves and we're mistreated and, and, and we're held in bondage and we're loaded with guilt and we're loaded with shame and we're loaded with regret and we're, we're loaded with pain and we're loaded with all of these things when we live under this king of darkness. And Jesus has come to open the doors of the kingdom of light. Now here's the significance of being accepted into the kingdom of Jesus. When, he, we've got to live, when we live under the king of light, we, we understand that as our king, he becomes our provider. As our king, he becomes our protector. As our king, he becomes, becomes the one that sets the rules and he's the one who sets the direction and he's the one who who tells us when and where and how so that we will be blessed when we follow his commands why is that so important why is it so important that he's delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son the kingdom of light here's why because the king determines who can and cannot be a part of his kingdom The king determines. He determines who he will protect, who he will provide for, and who he will rule over. But don't miss this. Don't miss this. The king has issued a royal invitation for you to be part of his kingdom. You don't deserve that invitation, by the way. Everything about you and I in our fallen state, everything about us when we're living under the kingdom of darkness is appalling to God. Our sin and our shame and our guilt, everything about us, nothing is appeasing, pleasing to God. But He invites us not because of who we are. He invites us because of who He is. He invites us because He is the King of light. He invites us because He's the only one that can deliver us from the domain of darkness. He is the one who says, If you will come unto me, I will in no wise cast you out. If you you will accept my invitation to be a part of my kingdom, I will never, ever fail you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always protect you. I will always provide for you. I will walk with you even through the valley of the shadow of death. Now that's a king that I would like to follow. Wouldn't that be right for you? Listen, I know it's gray and dreary outside. Everybody's still in halfway in a food coma from Thursday. I get it. I get it. But folks, I want you to understand what we're talking about here. You were born in darkness. You were born in sin. You were born anti-God. You were born a slave to your sin, shame, and guilt. 
But Jesus came to deliver you from darkness into light. And he just, and listen, it's just not that. He came to accept you into his kingdom. A kingdom that never ends. A kingdom that cannot be defeated. A kingdom that cannot be overthrown. A kingdom that provides for you everything that you need in order to live a life that is pleasing to the king. He invites you to come. King Jesus has chosen you. Jesus came to not only give us deliverance from darkness and to provide us a means to live in the kingdom of light. He's calling you to his kingdom. Today he's offering you his protection. You see, right now in the kingdom of darkness, every person that's living in the kingdom of darkness, they have one destination, and that's an eternity of damnation. But he offers you something different. Jesus, as the king of light, comes to deliver you and accept you into his kingdom of eternal life. Folks, only the real Jesus can do that. Can I tell you what the false Jesus does? The false Jesus says the darkness isn't so bad. As long as you're trying to do good, as long as you're putting forth a good effort, it doesn't matter that you're still under the the domain of darkness. It doesn't matter that you're still enslaved by your sin. The, The false Jesus says, just try your best. Surely, God wouldn't let a good person go to hell. The false Jesus says the domain of darkness is just fine as long as you're trying to live like the light. But the real Jesus says darkness is the place of damnation. Darkness is the place of judgment. Darkness is the place of eternal separation from God. So he does something for you that no other false Jesus can do for you. The real Jesus comes to deliver you from all of that. Deliver us from darkness, accept us into his kingdom. That brings us to verse 14, where it says, In whom, talking about Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Do we have any coupon clippers in here? We got a few. Okay, well, good for you. Good for you. How valuable is that coupon to you when it's just sitting in a drawer at home? Not very much, is it? It says on the face of it that it has a value of this, that, or the other. But as long as it's kept in a a drawer, it's never clipped or thrown in the trash, that coupon's not worth anything. Oh, but what happens when you do clip that coupon and you do take it with you to the store and you do find that item and you take it to the checkout counter? What happens then? Suddenly that coupon has value. It has value. It it brings something to you that you don't have it 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 gives you a it gives you an opportunity to have something that you would otherwise not be able to have unless you paid the full amount. But now you don't have to pay the full amount. You know why? Because there's something there to redeem, to help you get this at a price. 
that you could have never paid. Here's what I want, here's what I want you to understand. We all serve a king. We all serve a king. And either you are, have been set free from the darkness and you're serving King Jesus or you're living in slavery to the king of darkness. But the Bible says in, in chapter 8, verse number 34, speaking of those who choose to live under that domain of darkness, listen to what it says. Jesus answered them saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to that sin. You were born a slave. Well, Tommy, I'm, I've never been a slave in my life. I don't let people tell me what to do. Oh, yes. You were born a slave. You were born a slave to your fallen nature, a slave to your brokenness, a slave to your sinfulness, a slave to your unrighteousness, a slave to your pride. You were born as a, a slave and, and you cannot be, dis, you cannot be released from your, your chains until someone pays the price for your freedom. There's a truth that I think we need to understand. I put it up on the screen because I want to make sure you get it, okay? You are not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you're a sinner. Did you get that? You're not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you are a sinner. Before we come to Jesus, before the light invades our darkness, we have no choice but to sin because we are a sinner. We have no recourse from our sin but to sin because we're a sinner. We are at the mercy of our sinful and fallen nature. It is a taskmaster that keeps us under a tight rule. And no matter how hard we try to free ourselves from the domain of darkness, no matter how hard we try to free ourselves from this kingdom of, of being in, of anti-God, no matter how hard we try to free ourselves from the slavery that we have to our guilt and our shame and our brokenness and our sin, we can never do it because we can't pay the price. Our sin holds us hostage. And forces us into slavery. The only way any of us can be set free from the slavery of our sin. And from the slavery of darkness. Is for someone to purchase our freedom. Someone needs to ransom us. Someone needs to redeem us. So what exactly does your freedom cost you? What's the price tag that. The domain of darkness. What's the price tag that the king of darkness has placed on your soul? What's the price tag? Innocent, sinless, pure blood. That's why you can't pay your way out. And I can't pay my way out. No matter how much I may love my wife, no matter how much I may love my children and my grandchildren, I can't pay their way out of that slavery because it takes innocent, sinless, pure blood to do it. And I don't have that. 
No matter how desperately you want out from under the rule of this king of darkness, no matter how desperately you want to be delivered out of the kingdom of, of this slavery of, to your sin and your shame and your brokenness, no matter how badly you want it, you can't redeem yourself because your blood isn't innocent. Your blood isn't sinless. And your blood isn't holy. So we're in a mess, aren't we? We're born into the domain of darkness. We're born under the rule of the king of darkness. We're born in slavery to our sin and brokenness. Paul says it this way. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who can deliver me from this darkness? And then he goes on to tell us, Bless be the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, while there's not a single person other than Jesus that possesses the purity and innocence, this king, this deliverer, laid down his life and poured out his rich, red, royal, endless, uh, sinless, Innocent, pure blood to ransom your freedom. This is a king that's dying so you can be a part of his kingdom. This is a king that says, I want you so desperately. I want you so much that I am willing to lay down my own life, pour out my own blood, give away all that I am so that you can be a part of my kingdom. You see, there's a ransom to be paid. There's a ransom, there's a price that must be paid. So the king of heaven laid down his life and poured out his blood to pay the ransom for our freedom. And if that wasn't enough, can I tell you, if that wasn't enough... He defeated the darkness of death, hell, and the grave by returning to life. And so he can not only offer you the, uh, that, that, that deliverance from the darkness and into light, he can offer you something that darkness could never offer you, and that is eternal life. And one act of selfless love and one act of sacrifice Jesus delivers you from your darkness, accepts you into his kingdom, and pays the ransom for your eternal freedom. That's the mission of the real Jesus. The Jesus the world wants you to, to, to know. The Jesus that's talked about on television. The Jesus that's propagated in the movies. Is a Jesus who could care less whether you live in darkness or not, as long as you're trying hard. That false Jesus that's pushed all around us, that so many have, have, have bought into and, and call on that name, that Jesus doesn't have the power to deliver you from the kingdom of darkness. And He would never... Pay such a ransom 
for someone like you and me. Oh, but the real Jesus. The Jesus of the book. The Jesus that we celebrate. The coming of. This Jesus loves you too much to let you stay in darkness. He loves you too much to let you live under the rule and the tyranny of a king who wants to do nothing more than destroy you in your darkness. This is a king that's willing to lay down his life to pay your sin debt and my sin debt so that we can be set free from the slavery that binds us. That's the real Jesus. That's the Jesus of the book. A weak, clueless Jesus, he could never accomplish these great feats. Only the divine, holy, sovereign, king Jesus can do these things on your behalf. The world, that kingdom of darkness... Wants you to believe that Jesus was nothing more than a good man, a great prophet. He taught some good stuff. He did some good deeds, but that's all he was. That's not the Jesus that I know. My friends, only the Son of the living God could have delivered you from darkness, accepted you into the kingdom of heaven, and paid your ransom, setting you free from the slavery of sin. So the only question we have to answer today is this. Do you know, do you serve the real Jesus? Have you failed for the counterfeit? The weak Jesus, the clueless one. The one that just can't seem to get everything straight. And everything right. That's the one the world wants to sell you today. But do you know the real Jesus? If you'll be honest with yourself today and you examine your life and you say, Well, Tommy, as much as I hate to admit it, as much as I I look at this, I'm still living under that domain of darkness. Oh, I've got good news for you today, friend. Today, 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 you can be delivered from darkness into light. You can be set free from the chains of your, your sin and your guilt and your shame, your regrets. Because there's a king who's paid the ransom for you, and his name is Jesus. Just a few moments, we're going to stand, we're going to sing. I, I'm going to hang out up here at the front. If you need somebody to come pray with you, if you need someone to talk to, pray with, maybe you just want to know, how, how do I get to know the real Jesus? What's, how, how do I get away from the false one and in, into the kingdom of the real one? I'd love to share with you how you can do that. I'll be here. Come, come speak with me. I'd love to introduce you. To the real Jesus. Let's pray. Our Father.
Today we come thanking you that you are our deliverer. You came to call us out of the darkness, out of our separation from God. And you came to call us into the light, the light of truth, the light of love, the light of grace, the light of peace, the light of righteousness. Lord, I thank you that you came to be a king who issues an invitation even to those who are unworthy of such. And that today you're calling all those who live under the domain of darkness to come, to come to your kingdom of light. That you have made a way. And we thank you that you and you alone who are able to purchase our freedom were willing to do so. Thank you for the sacrifice you made for us when we were anti-God, you still came to die for us. When we cursed your name, you died for us. When we did everything in our power to rebel against you, you died for us. Thank you for paying our ransom. Lord, I pray that if there's one in this room right now, if there's one who will watch this on the internet in days to come or is watching it now that's living under the domain of darkness, Lord, that today will be the day that their heart cries out for freedom, that today will be the day that they are, that they are determined, that they, they don't want to live in this darkness any longer, they don't want to live in this slavery any longer, that today is the day that they want to know the King that not only died for them, but that lives for them and that calls them to his kingdom of light, that today will be the day they come to know the real Jesus. In these next few moments, do only that which you can do. We pray in that precious name, the name above every name, the name of the Deliverer, the King, and the Redeemer. The name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.
Well, thank you so much for being here today. God bless you. Hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and get to sleep off that food coma. Uh, get ready for another week. It starts uh, bright and early tomorrow morning. But thank you for being here today. And if no one's told you yet today, let me be the first to tell you I love you. And I'm so glad that you are here today. And be in prayer for those of our church family that are sick. Uh, we know Mary Ann's not feeling well, so uh, she's one of those. But there's many, many others. So please be in prayer for all of those. Uh, any other announcements? Just to remind the folks that are involved in the uh, December 11th evening Come to Bethlehem program, our first rehearsal, full rehearsal, is this Saturday starting at 9 a.m. right here in the sanctuary. All right. Thank you. Um, would you mind dismissing us in prayer? She, she prayed one of the most beautiful prayers in Sunday school, and I, I enjoyed that so much. So I, I, would you mind doing that? Is that okay? All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Penny. Dear Jesus, Lord, we just thank you so much for your presence with us, for your coming for us sinners who don't deserve a holy God. Thank you so much, Lord, for this Thanksgiving season, going right into Christmas season, because we have so much to be thankful for. Lord, we just bless your name today, and we go out to be lights in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>